What's going on, everybody? I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie. You're listening to the I Think I Know Basketball podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at I Think I Know underscore BB. Check us out on the Anchor FM app or whatever podcast are streaming. Make sure you engage and join in on the conversation. I'm your boy, Keese. I'm your boy, Kyrie. And we think we know basketball. All right, man. So do we like have a crystal ball on this show? Because I swear, like half the stuff we talked about in the last show came to be throughout last week in the NBA. Like it was kind of wild. Hey, man, listen, I think I know basketball. That's all I got to say. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah. That's well, all I got to say. The, well, brand, the brand is strong. The brand <laughs> is strong. And, and So check this out, man. The Cavs beat the Nets twice in a week. Yes, yes, you heard that right. The Cleveland Cavaliers beat the vaunted Brooklyn Nets of Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving fame. Yes, yes, they they all three of those dudes played in both games, whooped them so bad that the Nets are over here trying to trade for JaVale McGee because they can't guard Jarrett Allen, the guy that they just shipped out of town along with half the rest of their team. Then you got Joel Embiid, doing his whole MVP thing, pushing the Sixers to the top of the Eastern Conference. And then, man, later on, we're going to get into this. What is Shaquille O'Neal talking about, man? What, what is his deal? Let's just start off with the Brooklyn Nets. Because Shaq is Shaq and a fool. And that's all I got to say about that. But let's just start off with the Brooklyn Nets. They lost twice to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, with this being said, we can't say that as if this is just the Cleveland Cavaliers of old. This is true. Right? Because it may, they may not have their superstars and all that stuff. I mean, they got Andre German, you know, when he, you know, when he plays center and not point guard. But, yo, he had, a couple, you know, he had a couple of those, man. He had a couple of those moments where it's just like, why do you have the ball up there? Out. What do you think time you're out. doing? <laughs> what do you think you're doing? He put the ball on the floor one time, and I think he got it, like, ripped from him. And it's like, what are you doing, bro? No, it was because he did, he did some dumb scoop shot. He did, like, this terrible scoop shot that looked horrible. He got to get it together. He got to get it together. But, but my point is, like, the Cleveland Cavaliers are top two in defense in the league, right? Heading into last week, they were the second-rated defensive team in the league and I mean, come on, man. Like they 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 gave up a lot of points because because I mean it was you know double overtime and, and they had a high scoring game with the Nets and whatnot. But but I feel like that that part doesn't even matter so much. Like when they needed to get stops, they got stops against a team that's unbelievable. You know what I listen, mean? In terms of offense. Listen, time. they gave up a lot of they gave up a lot of points. Is Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving on the other team? Of course they gave up a lot of points, but they pretty much was blowing the Nets out that first game. You know what I'm saying? That first game, they was they was kind of giving it to them. And then the Nets came back. And then they kind of forced overtime. And, you know, and, and the rest is history. Meaning, Colin Sexton made history with Man. a career high in Kyrie Irving's jersey. That's a whole nother tweet headline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. But yeah, my, man. My and you know is, what, man? I was just I was watching that game, the the double overtime game, just just thinking to myself that any any moment now the Nets are just going to take it over. It's just going to be over because they're going to do their thing. They have too much talent. They're going. They they just have too much scoring, and it just didn't happen. Instead, so why Colin did you, Sexton why did you happened. Think it happened. 
I think I underestimated, you know, like Jarrett Allen as a defender and, and how some of these, these new additions to the Cleveland Cavaliers lineup would make them a better defensive team. I, I, I guess I didn't really take that that much into account, but man, you had Jarrett Allen defending the rim, making shots hard. Larry Nance was like switched out onto James Harden and forced him into misses multiple times. You know what I, I mean? mean? Allen doing what he's doing in Cleveland is a testament to what Brooklyn lost. And Larry Nance, I mean, he's a big guy. All that step back stuff's not necessarily going to work unless you really breaking this dude down. Yeah, and, and he and he's a real athletic guy. And I, I guess it just re- really just drove it home to me. Like they have these athletic defenders that can play multiple positions. And then honestly, with with with, with Colin Sexton, I mean. That wasn't necessarily good offense in terms of like swinging the ball around or, you know, all that stuff, right? This was just get this man the ball, get out of the way, and he caught fire. He scored 20 straight points. Like that was that was some LeBron James 2007 against the Detroit Pistons level stuff right there. I've said this multiple times on this show about Colin Sexton. Anybody that's in the college NCAA game and goes one against four, one against five, or whatever it was, and is still balling out, you got to respect it. You know what I'm saying? You got to respect it. So, you know, shout-outs to him, man. I remember all the criticism he was getting coming into the league about not having a jump shot, but he he sure did hit a, a big jump shot at the end of that game. Jump shot looked pretty good. It, and it wasn't even just the one, you know, that, that we're going to talk about later. I mean, it was multiple. He was on fire from three. He didn't, And it didn't matter who was on him. It was Kyrie. It was James Harden. It was Kevin Durant. It did not matter. He was taking on everybody and was just wet from three. So like, so this, this is what I noticed about the Nets. When they was playing with just James Harden and Kevin Durant, you could see that they played together before. Like, you can see that. Like, you can see that these yeah. guys, their game can can complement each other. Now, throwing Kyrie back into the mix, he's going to have to learn how to play with James Harden. I feel like James Harden has the, has the type of game where he can really adapt. You know what I'm saying? He's still got a 30-point triple-double, you know what I'm saying, in, in one of his games since he's been with the Brooklyn Nets. And I think that Kyrie is going to have to really adjust. And I don't know what that adjustment's going to be, but it's going to be something. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's bad. I don't think there's anything going on crazy. I just think that in terms of, like, the ball movement and the ball flow, like, he's not going to be on the ball as much as he maybe thought he was going to be. And he shouldn't. You know, I think that, you know, if you're looking for a playmaker in this offense, you run the offense. You you have James Harden touching the ball. You run the offense through him and KD. And, and see, that's going to be the weird thing. Right. Because because you have to give Kevin Durant his touches because he's it's it's weird because we talked about James Harden being the most, you know, unbelievable, you know, offensive talent, you know, or one one of the best scorers in NBA history. And he's still not the best scorer on the team. That's Kevin Durant. It's interesting that their big three is essentially all perimeter players. Like they don't have like a, a big man. That's a big three. Like. They don't have a big man that can go down low. I mean, you're not really going to have Kevin Durant posting up. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. DeAndre not, Jordan's I, not a scorer. So it's like it's, they're going to have some kinks to work out and stuff like that. But I, I want to move on to to a, a player and a, and a team that you was watching, um, Joel Embiid. You know, I, I want to just say I watched I watched the games against the Celtics. Yeah, I watched. You know, I, listen, I, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. He's starting to step it up to a, a level. You know what I'm saying? I, 
I don't know. I see people saying MVP type talk and stuff like that. I don't necessarily know if I see that yet. But I definitely see him taking that next step and putting the Philadelphia 76ers on his on it. Like that's his team. There's no more is this between him and Ben Simmons. No, that's Joel Embiid's team. Yeah. And I mean, look at look at the game logs from last week. 42 the first night against the Celtics. 38 Crazy. the next Crazy. time against the Celtics. Crazy. 33 against the Pistons. And Crazy. then they're playing, and you know, and then they're going to play the Pistons again. We'll see what he does against them. Uh, we won't be able to get to that for this show, but I'm telling you, man. Like, and and I, and I watched the Celtics. Right, the 76ers are a bad matchup for the Celtics team. The way the way that they're playing right now, because they don't have anything for Embiid. They don't have anything for him when he's playing like this. You know. Yeah. Like, then again, not too many teams do have anything for this when he's playing, at, you know, mm. the, the way that he is right now, when he's just when he's just going at you. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that I I see him being in that MVP conversation. I do. I he, He's a top three candidate to me. I think that Giannis, it, you know, Giannis is having. A, a good year, but I don't think he's having the kind of year right now where you're saying that he is, you know, a runaway MVP candidate like he was. I think that there's a legitimate conversation to be had for for mm-hmm. who that is. And obviously, you got Braun, right? And yeah. he's playing. He's playing. I mean, as well as you know, he as he's he does. Always I don't. I don't, yeah. really, I don't even really know what else to say about it because his level of play just is what it is at this point. You take it for granted, even though he's. 36 years old right but but Embiid this is this is a year for him where I think it's a legitimate conversation I feel like we've been waiting for it for a long time and you've always thought he should be this good he should be this good he had the skills yep he has the body for it and and all that and it was just never quite there and, and you know there was injuries too where he wasn't playing enough and, and and the consistency was just not there day in and day out but right now I mean the stretch of basketball he's playing right now, he's averaging almost 28 points a game. Like, yeah, it's his game. His game looks real, real fluent out there. It's, it looks like it's coming real easy to him inside and outside. Like, it feels like he's figuring out what his game is. Like, he's not trying to be the big man that everybody's trying to tell him to be and stuff like that. He's really zoned in and he's focused on being the big man that he can be and not really trying to be necessarily the Shaq type big man or or the Alonzo Mourning. You know, he's yeah. kind of a mixture between those guys and a lot, you know, Akeem Olajuwon. And, you know, he he's throwing in some 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 different moves, you know what I'm saying? Like in, in this whole all this new age stuff with the with the Euros. And so I feel like he's finally taken all the things that he has in his game and it's finally like put it together. And he knows like how to go to what he wants to go to very, very fluently. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and so, but we also got to figure out if he's got that that assist game, you know, that passing game yep, out of the yep. post that he's eventually going to need when you get into a seven game series, and you know, to take the load off himself as as much as as anything to make sure that you know he's not putting too much of the burden on himself. Uh, the seventy sixes as a whole, as a team, they need Ben Simmons to develop some type of a jump shot. He has to develop some the type ever, of a jump shot. The ever present thing. You know, but the thing is, like, he, if he, he needs to. If he if he hasn't developed it and he ain't using it at this point, he's not gonna start using it by the end of this year. Like, it, it's it's not it's not gonna yeah. be enough. He's gonna be he's gonna continue to basically be 
what he is. I mean, I, I guess we, I could be wrong about that. You know, maybe, you know, he's going to play around with it and maybe tinker with it or something like that throughout the season. But, you know, again, if, if he's not really using it now, I wouldn't expect it, but you, you know what we, we, you mentioned in, in your response, you were talking about Embiid not trying to be the, the Shaq related big man. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let, let's do this. So Shaquille O'Neal has a habit at times of, you know, kind of challenging players and, and, and kind of showing a little bit of tough love. You know what I mean? Yep, like, yeah, yep, yep, you're yep. good or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're good or whatever, but you should be better. He actually did this with Joel Embiid at one point. Uh, we talked yeah, about last it last season. year. Yeah. Yeah. Where, we did. We did. Where he was right. He was right. And, and he was right, you know, because, you know, Joel Embiid had a big game, you know, like a big 38-point game, and Shaq was basically like, yeah, but you should be doing this every single night. Like, you have the and talent. And here we are. Like, here this we is are. your potential. <laughs> and, and, right, and here and here we are, right? Though so it's like, it's, it's not necessarily that he was doing it because of what Shaq said, but just because he's starting to realize his potential and take ownership of this team. But to, to his credit, Joel Embiid was kind of like, yeah, you know, like, you're right. You know, I got stuff to work on. I can be better. Well... Okay, I get that to an extent. I can feel that. But what he did on Thursday night with Donovan Mitchell, uh, to me, that was that was too far. So so check this out. So uh -huh. Thursday night, second game of the TNT doubleheader, the Utah Jazz had just gotten done winning their game. Donovan Mitchell had 36 points in that win. So he's like the main guy in the TNT post-game interview and all that stuff, right? Well, Cue this interview with Shaquille O'Neal and Donovan Mitchell and check this out. Father, this is Shaq. I, I said tonight that uh, you are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said it on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? All right. That's it. <laughs> that's it? All right. That's it. Okay, cool. I, I mean, I it's, you I, I've been hearing, well, Shaq, I've been hearing that since my rookie year. You know, I'm just going to get okay, better and well, do what I do. Good. At the end well, of the day. You. Well, that's what I wanted you to hear you say. Yes, Love sir. your game, brother. Keep it up. Appreciate it. And I don't that, know. I don't know. So, okay, well, well, first of all, before we even get to all that, right, at your, as a producer, we're both producers. If you are producing that post-game segment on TNT, what are you thinking when you hear Shaquille O'Neal low-key just kind of bash the the star of the game, a young star in the league who just had a big game, and then the and then the response that he gets from that. What are you thinking as a producer? Well, when it's happening and it's coming out from Shaq, at first I'm not thinking much, but once I see how it's received and the reaction from it, I'm like, oh sh no, snap! <laughs> but it's like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? Because again, you know, this is not this is not not normal behavior from Shaq you know what I'm saying this is something he's done before so it's like I, I probably would have been you know a little prepared for something like this but the reaction is like you know it's interesting too because it's like this season did you see the time when uh Charles Barkley was talking to Kevin Durant and he was getting one word answers yeah yeah like like so it's like you know that's the that's the vibe of the season. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not they're not really listening to you old guys tell them what they should and shouldn't be doing. You know what I'm saying? Like these young dudes is out here doing what they think and really not paying attention to stupid questions. You know what I'm saying? Like 
it's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I just want to share, you know, so, so I got into a little bit of a Twitter discussion. It was not, it was nothing too crazy, but I kind of made that point along with Twitter my, beef. No, it would, it wasn't even really that bad, but you know, so I, I made my little producer comment, but then I also said along the lines of kind of what you said, though, I took it a bit of a step further that like, I'm tired of, I, I personally am tired of old heads kind of continually trying to like, motivate players but in reality they're just kind of beating their chest and trying to be like yeah like i'm a legend like you should listen to me i have all this authority and like you know if i say that you're not something then you're not you know what i mean and i get i get a little bit of tired a little tired of that and and this person um you know responded to me is basically like look man like the the old heads like they're the ones that paved the way you know, they're, they're the guardians of the game, basically. And, and it's like, they earned the right to say those things. And, you know, that's kind of how they were treated. You know, when they were coming up, it's tough love. And, and like, you're supposed to make something of that. Here's where I don't agree with that. Like, I, I understand the importance of Shaquille O'Neal as a player. One of the best big men of all time. One of the best basketball players of all time, period. I, I get that. At the same time, what is Shaquille O'Neal defending about the game? Like, does Donovan Mitchell not play hard? Does he not give it everything he has when he goes out there on the court? I don't see that. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think that in this case, it was just the, it was just like that's what I'm saying. It was just the wrong, the wrong person. You know what I'm saying? Like he just he made, made me like, you know, it, that was maybe that was just the opinion. Okay, so in this situation, it was an opinion that wasn't shared by the 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 majority. You know what I'm saying? And he lost out on this one, and it, it just happened to transpire on TV. Yeah, but yeah. but but to yeah, but to your bigger point, just of like the OG NBA legends always having something negative to say about the young guys, that's just a testament of what's going on in the real world. You know what I'm saying? Like in the in the in the generational issues that are going on. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't make as much money as these guys is making now. Like there's so many different factors that are yeah. just playing into like some of these perspectives, and then you throw in like. You know, like say for somebody like Charles Barkley's instance, like they're always talking about the championships, all these yeah. different things. You know what I'm saying? And that's just that generation. We don't even talk. About, we don't even talk about or think about how like Bill Russell literally sticks his middle fingers up at these players and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like it'd be crazy. It's like yo, what is going on? But like yeah. I, I say that to say, you know, and then we had the then, then, you know, we also we had the last dance and all that, and there was this huge yeah generational groundswell from from that where people were like yeah that's how basketball was really played like that's when basketball yeah. was really great i mean yeah but to like what i'm saying is like we we're seeing more in real time what these older generation players are saying and feeling about these younger generation players like we never really actually seen it before like this you know what i'm saying yeah and it for me it makes me wonder like yo maybe a lot of these older generation do like I wonder how many of them actually hated Jordan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like Man, I would just ha- like the just like how how many different opposite narratives were there behind the clothes behind the scenes in these older generations in these spats and stuff like that. You I know mean, what I'm saying? Yeah, and you know it's it's funny you bring that up because I feel like given the way that his his teammates or like some of his teammates felt about him. Cause not all of them. Some of them were just like, yeah, that's just what, that's what you had to deal with. Like he wanted to get the best out of you. And, and that was that, but some, some of his teammates, the way they talked about him were like, yeah, like Jordan was an asshole. 
Like, yeah. we didn't like it's, him. Like, we knew what he was trying to do. We knew the point. But, like, yeah, we didn't really like him. And, and like, he was kind of a crappy teammate. So you can only imagine how much other dudes around the league... And it wasn't even just the fact that he was so good, right? It's the fact that, like, he openly disrespected you all the time. He did not care about your yeah. feelings. He just wanted to destroy you. And, and I mean, that, that you know, that's a different... That is a different kind of competitiveness, even from, like, Kobe, right? Because Kobe wanted to, to destroy you, too, and he wanted to be better than you. But I feel like even his... He was Kobe, Kobe wouldn't deliver a message that way. No, no, he wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? And like the one of the things that's interesting about this is like, like you said, the generational thing, like starting with like Kobe's generation, like the, all that stuff started to change. Those guys became more of teachers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he like, really and embraced that like, mentorship. And that's why you have somebody like Dwayne Wade, who's the generation after that, coming up and speaking out against like, or not against, but like in support <laughs> of these younger generation players, you know what I'm saying? And like, so it's the generational thing in the NBA and the perspective and how the, the older players view the younger players is very, very yeah. interesting. And, and you know, you know it's, what I'm it's just, yeah. And, I, and the other thing I'm just thinking about this is right. Like it doesn't feel like, like Shaq's not advancing the game. Right. And, and I guess that's the thing, right? Like specifically with, with the way that he framed that question, right. Which is basically like, yeah, like, I think you're good but you're not that good, and I don't think you're going to get anywhere. And and it's like, what do you expect a guy to say to that? You know what I mean? And and, and, and so it's like, you're not, you're not, you're, for one thing, it's like Donovan Mitchell is a self-motivated guy. So he, so he just kind of took it from that standpoint of like, I mean, whatever, you know, maybe somebody else takes it differently. But the other thing is, it's like, you know, as you mentioned, right, the fact that it played out on live TV, if you're going to, if you're going to say something like that, how many of times do you see somebody be like, yo, like so-and-so texted me the other day and they were like, yo, man, I got a challenge for you. Like, like I need you to be more, more aggressive. You know, I need to see more from you. Like, like bringing up Kobe, Kobe like would, would be working out with Jason Tatum or like texting so-and-so or whatever and be like, yo, man, this is what you need to be thinking about. He never went on TV and was just like, yo, man, you're kind of trash. You know, yeah. it's, it's, so it's like if you got to, if you really want to do that, if you really want to motivate, then why can't you do that in a in a personal kind of man to man sort of way? Like to me, that that to me, what Shaq did, like whatever his intention was, which was probably to be some kind of motivator or something, it it was it was wrong to me. Like it just it just he that, missed. He missed. You, yeah, he missed for sure. All right, so, so let's talk about some some games. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so the Lakers versus the Bucks and what could be a potential NBA championship preview. What'd you see? What'd you what you didn't see? What what'd you feel? What you didn't feel? I remember last year, you know, and again, you know, early on in the season when Giannis came out swinging on the Lakers and hit like five threes or something like that. And it was, and he kind of did that whole like crown me moment. Like I'm the King now sort, sort of deal. Right. And this was, you know, again, like kind of that, that big matchup of, you know, the same sort, but I just felt like they were entirely different teams. Like the, like the yeah. books are still a very good team and they're going to be up near the top of the Eastern conference. But to be honest with you, I never really felt like the Lakers weren't going to win this game. They're just better. You know yeah, what I mean? Nah, they're, just, they're, they're, they're just better. And I said that that could be a potential, 
NBA championship matchup, but it's not going to be because it, the Nets the Nets are going to the championship yeah. in the Eastern but, Conference. But I, yeah, yeah. It, more, it's like I feel more, like more, I mean, if 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 the way if it plays out the way it's supposed to play out, the Nets the Nets it's going to be Nets Lakers. So yeah, and that's kind of now that I you know now that I I fixed myself, that's kind of what it played like. It played like. The, the game looked as if the Lakers were playing the number two team in the East. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> yeah it's, it's like it, you're, you weren't playing the team that was, you know, again, like, you know, reigning MVP, you know, and kind of all this fanfare. It's just like, yeah, you're a good team, but we're we're in a little bit of a different world. And, and I feel like I wondered how much the improvements on this Laker team was really going to show. It's good. It's good. The improvements are the shooter. Yeah. Is clutch, you know what I'm saying? Like, just it's certain things that they added is just like, oh man, like, yeah, I didn't see how this was going to help, but like, whoever had this vision, a good one, yeah. And, and, and I think it, it made sense because you know, basically, LeBron was the point guard last year, and obviously, he handles the ball a lot now to be sure. But Schroeder is a guy that can reliably run the offense. And he can score a little bit. You know, he's not an elite scorer, but he can score a little bit. And so that burden isn't all on LeBron to do everything in terms of running the offense. He's been able to play fewer minutes this year, and he's been extremely efficient, you know, in that in that amount of time. Even though Anthony Davis has been kind of, he's been a little bit of a funk. I, I wouldn't say that he's been bad. He's been he's been, he mean, hasn't been good for his standards lately. He he said himself that he sucks. He said he's not playing well. So and then I he mean, went ahead and and you know destroyed the Bulls. You know, I mean, with that, he that, had like, that don't count though. That don't count. It's the Bulls. And Loki kind of Loki kind of doesn't though. Hey, the Bulls have been playing better. They really they they have. There's a lot of teams that have been playing better. Like it's true. You know, let's move on from the Lakers because, like we said, you know, they they, they beat the Bucks, and it just exposed that the Bucks are definitely not nowhere near ready to compete for the championship against the Western Conference team if the Lakers are going to be the number one team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, no, um, you're looking to make it out the East. But, but you, were, you were heading for something. What team? Yeah, but I, I was going to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Um, and I see, you know, my guy LaMelo's doing his thing. Gordon Haywood. It's so interesting how much of a different player he is when he has the space to do what he needs to do. And it's wild how much of the things that he's doing, he was doing for the Celtics. What's really changed? You know what I'm saying? Is it the system? Is it? I, I, I don't know. But he's been playing really, really well for the Charlotte Hornets. Like, really well. With Gordon Hayward in a Celtics uniform, in, in, you know, the, in the couple of iterations that they, that they tried it, you know, first with Kyrie and then with the threesome, you know, with uh, Jason Tatum, you know, Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker, there really was, you know, just as you said, kind of not as much space for him to, you know, really kind of get his touches and run things a little bit more because he, he I mean, he, he was just a good basketball player. So he could run things off the bench and he could play make for you and, and, and all that stuff. But, you know, he was an all-star back in Utah, you know, and, and then he came to a team where his role had to diminish, where he was a little bit more of a, I mean, he was meant to be, you know, probably more of a second or third option. And then it just didn't work out that way. But it's like yeah. now with a, with a team that is a little bit more undefined, you know, or like doesn't, doesn't have that you know, kind of star uh, 
you know, lineup right now, like where basically he is one of the higher profile names on there, you know, aside LaMelo, he is counted on to do more for them. And I mean, he, he was the one who had the ball in his hands at the end of that game against the magic and hits the shot to win it, you know, like right at the buzzer basically. And, and it's like, yeah, that's what Gordon Hayward can actually do for you. I feel like we just didn't, we just did not see that in Boston because he just didn't have the room to do that. He didn't get a true opportunity to really, to really show, but not even show anything. He didn't get a real opportunity to really be in control of things. You know what I'm saying? And what you were saying is right. Like he can, he's a great, he's, he's a really good basketball player. So he's going to be able to come in and play, make filling off. He's going to be able to do whatever you need him to do. But in order for him to be that superstar that he was in Utah, he's going to be going to need like some type of keys to the whip. You know what I'm saying? He can't just, he can't just be a passenger the whole time. Yeah. And I think especially being on this young team, you know, I, I think that there, that there's even more room for him to do that because he is a veteran and because he knows what he's doing and because you can trust him. You know, he, he was, he was trusted. He was trusted under Brad Stevens. It was, again, it was just a matter of, look, man, we got so many mouths to feed here. Who are you trying to feed the most? You're trying to yeah, feed Kemba. Wrong, wrong you're situation. Try, you're, you're trying to feed Kemba. You're trying to feed Jason Tatum. You're trying to feed Jalen Brown. And then you're also running a lot through Marcus Smart. It just wasn't really, you know, an ideal situation for Gordon Hayward to maximize who he was right now. He's got it. And, you know, again, he's fully right. Healed. He's fully back from that injury too. He's like fully back from it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's interesting. Right. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit later, but you know, that, that Charlotte Hornets team has, you know, gotten into this, this growing glut of players, like these, this growing, like kind of, you know, glut of teams in the Eastern conference, like hovering right there by that, that final eight seed, you know, or like hanging out there at the bottom, there's a bunch of teams in there, you know, in contention, that we probably weren't expecting. And I put the Bulls in there as well because they were bad. They were real bad to start off. And, they, and they've since, uh, you know, had, had a little bit of a, a winning streak that just got unceremoniously ended by the Lakers, which, I mean, obviously that's what you would expect. But, you know, the Hornets are in that mix too. Yeah, yeah. So, so real quick, just like kind of like one big point, you know, what did we learn this week? You know, like, like what, what's kind of the big thing from this week that you remember watching that, uh, you know, kind of stuck with you? All the Kyrie Irving stuff. Mm. Um, <laughs> like the press conference, him coming back, all the different takes on the press conference, um, him actually playing, and then watching him play and just being like, man, this guy's really, really good at basketball. Yeah. Like, he's really, really good at basketball. Like, and it's not even like, that you know he scores it's like he when he's watching him play like actually watching him play and his movement on the court and the way he dribbles and the way he does things is like damn man yeah man you do sometimes you just gotta you know you gotta you gotta just appreciate the art you know what i'm saying it's one thing i learned you just gotta that, appreciate that is gonna art. that is like that is like your favorite quote now you know which you know you what? I, can, I can i can dig it because every once in a while he throws down some pretty he throws down some pretty quotable stuff the other thing, so 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 for from my perspective, right, in watching the Cavs and and the Nets and and how that how that all unfolded, and you know some of the other games that you know were were really close, is that man, 
it's a, it's a very offensive league. It's about talent. It's about being able to put the ball in the basket in its most basic sense. We all know that, but teams that play defense and are able to turn it up a notch and get that stop when it's needed are, are always going to have that advantage in, in if you can keep the game close. And I think that's something that I'm starting to worry about with that Brooklyn team. And I think it's mm. part of the reason that they're, they're exploring some trades for like JaVale McGee or, you know, probably like yeah. another, another big who can, who can do some stuff for them. Cause they're also sniffing around the Cavs apparently looking into like an Andre Drummond or a Kevin Love because though, though uh, Kevin Love makes so much sense from a defensive standpoint, you know what I mean? But, but I think they're starting to realize that they don't have everything that they need here. They have the talent. And we talked about this. We, they have the talent to be the best team in the East and, and potentially be a more talented team than the Lakers. Are. They do have that possibility. What they don't have is the defensive reliability. They have – so Kevin Durant, out of, out of those three stars – is the best defender in that lineup. And he's largely been pretty average, I would say. When he played with Golden State, he had he had some good defensive years, like, like especially in the beginning. But for the most part, he's been fairly average in his career. James Harden and Kyrie Irving are not good defenders. No, they're so, absolutely not. So when it comes down to it, like, and, and you have somebody who is going to go against them like Colin Sexton did and just tear them up, and just make shots on them. I mean, some of that was just it was some of it was just shot making, and you can't really do anything about it. But who is going to defend those guys that that are opposite Kyrie Irving and James Harden? You have to have them in the lineup because they're so good, you know. But do you count on them to to turn up their defensive intensity? Like, I mean, yeah, like both of them have shown that they can make plays or whatever when when they're dialed in. But but that Brooklyn team for all their talent if they're going to struggle to get stops in big games, that's, that's not good, man. I'm, I'm a little, they got to play, they got to play better defense, man. They got to play better defense. And, and again, they're going to be a top seed in the East base, basically based off of talent alone. And they're going to be able to outscore teams at will just because of who they got. But again, seven game series. If, if some of those games are, are staying closer than you would like, can you count on those guys to, stop the other team from scoring you know are you gonna are you gonna make it a shootout every single time i don't know i don't know that that's always gonna work i really don't think so so i mean again it's just one week it was just you know a couple of games worth of basketball and two in particular against the Cavs, right so you don't want to you know doomsay about it too much but yeah i think that it, it spoke to what we were talking about is right yeah. now you're just kind of average defensively <laughs> Is that good enough? I don't know if it's good enough now. It's definitely not good enough. Like you said earlier, a guy that they traded was shitting on them <laughs> in Jared Allen. You know what I'm saying? Um, and they need to address all of the defensive issues and then some of the offensive issues, and I think that they'll be fine. But like I said earlier, it's going to be interesting because their big three consists of three perimeter players, and that's, you know... That's that's different. That's different. That's not your your typical big three. So let's do let's do some cash and some trash. You know what I'm saying? I don't really have much cash or trash, but 
I, I do have some cash. I do have some trash. But my cash isn't even basketball-related. Okay. All right. Give it to me. Go ahead. Tom Brady's going to his 10th Super Bowl. You know, being a, a New England Patriots fan for as long as I've been, in the last 20 years, to see Tom Brady going to his 10th Super Bowl is just amazing. And you just I just feel like I have to give this man some props on the show because that's that's goat talk right there. That's goat talk. We're talking ten. We're talking ten Super Bowls, ten ten champions, ten chances at a ring. You know what I'm saying? Him and LeBron. LeBron posted him. You know, Le I see Tom Brady as somebody LeBron looks up to out there in the sports world because this man is like forty something years old, slinging that oh, thing. Yeah. But you know, it's going down. It's going down. So that's so that's my cash. I feel that. You know, I'm a big football fan, so I'm I'm good with that every time. You know what I mean? Like, and, and and I think that you know, again, just to indulge in a in the in the smallest bit of football talk, you know, there's always going to be some debate about who's the greatest, you know, quarterback of all time, you know, and 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 all that stuff. And you know, people bring up Joe Montana all the time. I didn't get a chance to watch him play. I was a little too young for that. Um, but for him to do what he's doing at 43, and also to now do it in two different conferences. You know, he switched from, from the AFC to the NFC and he's going to the Super Bowl in his first year in the NFC. And he threw 40 touchdowns this year. Like that's, that's not nothing. So, uh, I, I mean, that, that is, that is really some goat stuff. So there we go. I got it out the way. Uh, I got, I got a couple yeah. of things to catch. Yeah. So we talked about Colin Sexton a little bit. Uh, honorable mention of that game was Jared Allen, baptizing joe harris in the name of the father son and holy oh, ghost man. yeah i don't joe you done practice with this dude like every day for the last few years i don't know what you think you're doing jumping on that one just just stay he's over there in the corner competing he's, just stay over competing. there the, <laughs> stay over there in the corner and let him have it business decisions anyway we got steph curry passing reggie miller for second on the all-time three-pointers list he'll Probably pass Ray Allen for most all time sometime next year at, at some point, you know, because he's only like 400 behind Ray Allen. And we've seen Steph yeah. hit that over a season. So yep. it, it's it's going to he's going to be the uh, officially the greatest three point shooter of all time sometime next year, most likely. Uh, but man, watch it while you can, people watch it while you can. Absolutely. And then, man, that Suns Nugget series from this weekend. We had two overtime games. We we talked about this, where yeah, you know, yeah, 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 sometimes that that two you know games in a row against the same team doesn't always work out. Sometimes you get some some kind of rough games in there. That series was two overtime games, including Jamal that Murray wild hit the OT, OT buzzer beater. I mean, hit the hit the fourth quarter buzzer beater to force yep, OT. Fourth quarter buzzer beater by Jamal Murray, and then. Jay Crowder hit one on like kind of a hilarious final possession where they're just like throwing the ball across the top of the key, trying to find Crazy. somebody open for three. And then Jay Crowder ends up hitting it. Nuggets ended up winning both of those games. But again, that's, that's exactly the kind of stuff that, you know, you, you hope to see that that's, that's the NBA basketball that we've been looking forward to a little bit. We still have a couple of blowouts and, you know, we're going to see a couple more, I'm sure, but that was the good stuff. I got one trash real quick. Chicago Bulls. Look, I know y'all were playing the Lakers, but y'all got to score. score more than 33 points in one half. And again, I'll say that they were playing pretty well going into that game. They'd won three straight. 
you know, and you kind of knew they weren't going to win that game against the Lakers unless the Lakers just straight up just didn't show up. But still, that's pretty rough. It wasn't quite Clippers against the Mavs bad from earlier this year. You know, they didn't get 50 pieced and all that, but yeah, yeah that, was, that was that was just so bad when that there, there ain't gonna there. I'd have to think there's no game this year that's gonna be quite that bad. The Clippers uh, could do it again. Don't ever count them out. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. So all right. So okay. We talked about some of the teams that we were watching last week. Yep. So for for mine, Cavs had a great week. You know, they finished a little rough, you know, with their loss to the Celtics where they got blown out. They got 40 pieced, um, but they had three straight before that. Celtics kind of had the opposite week where the Cavs were their only win that last week after they, you know, dropped three game after they dropped two games to Joel and beat in Philly, you know, and they were on a three game slide before that. So it was kind of tough. Um, the Jazz, Utah Jazz, you know, we kind of br- real briefly talked about them with Donovan Mitchell. They had a perfect week. And man, they are so good. Like they they look great on mm-hmm. offense, man. They really do. They're they're the they've made the most threes coming into the day of any team in the league. Jazz look real almost, good, man. They're almost making 17 threes a game. You know, they're second to the Clippers in three-point percentage, third in the Western Conference, you know, and they're keeping pace with the Lakers and the Clippers, who you would kind of expect will be running away with it. But man, they just what is Shaq them, talking about? Shaq don't know what he's talking about. Watching them pass the ball and get open shots just all over the court is just is magic. Like mm. I, I like I don't I don't yeah no man. People talk about the the NBA like oh it's just ISO ball and all that and they just dribble around in circles. Watch the Utah Jazz do it. Yeah man. So for my three teams that I was watching. One of the teams I was watching was the Phoenix Suns, and they didn't do what I said they needed to do, which was win the games that they should be winning. But in this case, they was playing the Denver Nuggets, and the Denver Nuggets are a team that I see going to the playoffs. So I feel like for the Phoenix Suns, this is a real test for them. And like you said, this was this was almost like playoff basketball, watching the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns play against each other. So I won't say... Like, they didn't win the games, but they did rise to the occasion. And that's what you want to see. You know what I'm saying? And that's I think that's good building blocks for them to go forward. I was also watching the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, Luka Doncic is special. Like, that dude, Yeah, I think he may win MVP this year. Especially if that team you know, makes the playoffs and, and you know, maybe even gets a higher seed than they had last year. I think that he's going to deserve every every you know MVP vote that he gets because he will get some. Oh I mean, yeah, you know he's definitely he's definitely going to earn them. And if like he's going to be an MVP at some point, at he's some point, but he's 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 that guy's playing. He's so young, man. It's just like he really makes the game look real easy, and he's just having fun out there. And it's really really dope to see him do that. And the last team that I was watching was the Charlotte Hornets. And like I said, Gordon Haywood is balling. You know what I'm saying? The Charlotte Hornets, they got a lot of young players. They got a nice young core, like you said earlier. Um, If they continue to just continue, if they continue to just gel like they've been doing, it just seems like it's all coming together for them. Um, There are no slouches on defense. They're one of those teams where it seems like they seem 
they're one of those teams where it seems like they control the pace. If they can control the pace of the game, it's definitely going to go in their favor. You know what I'm saying? But as soon as they start trying to play whatever the other team or their opponent's style of basketball is, they lose. They need to just yeah. continue to run the ball through Gordon Hayward. You know what I'm saying? Let Terry Rozier do his thing. Um, Devontae Graham, let him do his thing. P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, like those guys. It's a, it's a nice core. And Gordon Haywood, I feel like, is the glue that kind of brings that whole thing together. So you want me to just go with my three teams that I'm going to be watching for Let's the upcoming go week? with your three teams that you are going right. to be watching, my friends. So I'm going to be watching the Washington Wizards just because I got to see the number one scorer in the league, Bradley Bill, do his thing. I mean, you can't be the number one scorer in the league and just be getting completely ignored. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he's getting ignored, but I just feel like people just aren't really talking about him or the Wizards, and it's maybe because they're not winning. But that's not his fault. You know what I'm saying? He's putting up his points. So I want to watch the Wizards, and I want to just kind of just assess what's really going on with them. You know what I'm saying? I know they've been dealing with some injuries. I think some COVID protocol stuff, too. But um, that's one team I'm going to be watching. The other team I'm going to be watching is the Miami Heat. And they're going to be... The one team I'm going to be watching is the Miami Heat. And the, uh, another team I'm going to be watching is the Miami Heat. And the reason is because what's going on with Miami? You're saying, what's going on with Jimmy Butler? Like, I, I just feel like I don't know what's really... This is kind of exactly what happened last year. You know what I'm saying? They just just kind of quiet and just coasting and just coasting and just coasting all the way to the championship. I don't really know what's going on with Miami. So I, that's, that's really why I'm going to be watching them. Um, and the last team I'm going to be watching is the Sacramento Kings. Mm. And it's because I want to watch De'Aaron Fox. I'm rocking with De'Aaron Fox. The Sacramento Kings, they're 6-10. and 10. I think that they may have a chance to possibly make the... I mean, again, the Western Conference is one of those... It's Again, the Western Conference is a conference where, you know, it's, it's wide open from, like, the sixth seed all the way down to the last seed. Um, anything could happen. And last... And last week, we was talking about the playoffs, and I was saying that there's a lot of teams that I feel like there's a lot of teams I feel should be in the playoffs that aren't necessarily playing to up to their potential. The Kings aren't one of them, one of those teams I was talking about. The Denver Nuggets are one of those teams I was talking about, and they're starting to turn it around. But I'm just interested to see because if teams like the Nuggets and those teams that are outside the play and turn it around end up inside the play, there's going to be some other slots that are up for grabs. I feel like the Sacramento Kings have a great opportunity to try to grab that with De'Aaron Fox playing the way he's playing. Absolutely. And, and De'Aaron Fox, and really that, that Sacramento team is, is one that I thought they could be a playoff team by now. It's not really kind of working out that way. Um, they haven't taken the leap that I want. The, they, they got they got a lot of pieces there. You know what I'm saying? They got a lot of pieces to the playoff puzzle. They're just not. It's just like uh, they're just missing a couple of key pieces. Yeah, you know, and and I mean, again, De'Aaron Fox. I feel like he he him and Colin Sexton are those kinds of players that I feel like eventually they're going to lead a team to the playoffs because they're they're pit bulls. They go out there, they go hard, and and they're you know electrifying players he's going to get his chance you know at, at some point to, to play in the playoffs for sure so what three teams are you watching so one of those guys that that's a, that's a lot like that that i think um you know is might have a shot to make the playoffs this year john morant 
and the Memphis Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies, they weathered yeah. the storm for a little bit with John Morant out of injury, and they found themselves kind of in the thick of that Western Conference playoff race. You know, mm -hmm. and now that John Morant is back, uh, I want to continue seeing the progress because, I mean, basically he just stepped back on the court like it was nothing, you know, and, and he's just he's just such a great young player in just his second year. And and I think Isn't that... Isn't it great to be young and just heal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, he'll be back in a couple of weeks and eh, no big deal, you know what I mean? Um, and, and I think that, again, he you know, he's, he's obviously a small guy, so, you know, you want to get him, um, you know, some support but his, his talent level is undeniable as well as his desire. Um, nice. The Toronto Raptors, I mentioned that what? I was a little bit disappointed in them. And they oh my God. also have found their way, cre you know, creeping back into that Eastern Conference playoff picture oh, a little boy. bit. And again, so right, they're, 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 getting, they're getting it together a little bit more. My guy, OG, Ananobi, no, nah, I like OG. I like OG. He's yeah. nice. I mean, his name's OG, fam. You can't go wrong with exactly, that. Exactly, man. But, you know, again, he's 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 a dude that, you know, we, we keep talking about the Kyle Lowry's and the Fred Van Bleets and the, and the Pascal Siakam's. OG Ananobi was somebody that, you know, from, from his rookie year, you know, he was making an impact. You know, he's, he's, a, he's just a solid player. Consistency is what it's all about because he mm. can bust out a 30-point game or a 20, 30-point game and then the next game, he's scoring like eight. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's like consistency from him will go will go a long way to helping this you know this Raptors team round things out. And then, you know, I haven't done it yet. I've been kind mm -hmm. of you know, I've been putting it off for a little while. I gotta get the Bulls out of the way. You know, in terms of you know a, a full week's worth of evaluation. Not that I don't already watch Bulls games. You know what I mean? But to, to kind of, you know, analyze them for the purposes of this show. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so I'm, let me get it out the way now while they're doing kind of okay. And we'll go from there. You know, we'll, we'll see if, we'll see if I screw it up or, you know, if they, uh, you know, have a solid. I'm week. not even going to, I have no comment about you watching the Bulls. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to just let you do your thing. And you know, that's, that's that, you know what I'm saying? Right. But that's the show, man. That's the show this week, people. Thank you guys for tuning in. I think I know basketball. I'm your boy, Keith. I'm your boy, Kyrie. Thanks for listening in. Catch you next time.